1: By the time this reaches your ears, the internet's most famous bird could be a thing of the past. For weeks, there's been speculation. Will it? Won't it? As ex-employees reveal how they've been treated since the world's richest man acquired the platform. We've started to say our goodbyes and frantically shared other ways people might be able to reach us. But we've kept that door open. Ajar. Just in case it survives. And with all the money in the world, it might just... But with more and more employees coming out and telling news outlets the tea, at what point does our need to tweet come second? When do we close that door ourselves in the name of ethics? for another round of palaver, no doubt. I'm Scotty, and this is what happens when you give the general public your phone number. This time on ATT, we're heavy on social embarrassment, tough on Harry Styles, and soft on a wounded bird. Oh, thank fuck for that, Debbie, because I'll tell you what... It was getting very Alfred Hitchcock around here, wasn't it? I think it's about time we went a bit Mary Poppins. So happy about that. Listen, there's a thing called the internet and we're on it. Uh, The DMs are open for those things that you can't put your voice to, uh, but you want to share with the room. So start your DM with, this is a DM slide actually, and we'll be sure to use it in an episode without your name or any revealing details. At after the tone P-O-D on the Instagram, please. Uh, But if you do have something that you want to put your voice to and you want to send us a little voice note, that number, is coming up a bit shortly. Right, let's get on with this, because contrary to popular belief, I've got better things to do with my time than listen to your fucking ailments.
4: Hi, Scotty. Hi, Tim and Kat and Maya and everyone in the pub. It's Mate Kate here. You asked for embarrassing stories, and this one makes me wanna crawl into a hole and never ever come out. So this is at my my best mate from work's wedding. I got very 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 drunk quite a lot of our colleagues were there obviously and mates but you know quite a lot of our colleagues were there including one of the directors of our workplace i was chatting to him and he introduced me to his son who was at the time about 17 and his son had something on the end of his nose which i reached out to wipe off and then realized as i touched his nose with my thumb that it was actually an extremely large mole, not <laughs> something that could be wiped away. And yeah, I don't think I've ever been so embarrassed in my life. The director just stared at me in horror. Um his son was very, very sweet about it. It must you know, growing up with a sort of two inch across mole across on your nose must make you into a pretty cool person, you know. But I've I've never been so mortified in my life. And um, I think I tried to empathize with him and said, Oh, you know, that's Oh, it's happened to me before somebody tried to wipe away a mole on my face, so I know what it's like. My mole is like a, a, a beauty spot, like a little, well, a, a, not that little, but it's not a big, um, obvious mole. And um, Anyway, I was just making it worse because I was really, really pissed. It was so, 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 so embarrassing. I've never forgotten it. I don't think I ever will. Luckily, the director left um, work a few years later, so I don't have to look him in the eye anymore. Anyway, there you go. Enjoy that story.
1: Lovely, Mate Cake. Thank you so much. Uh, well, I say Mate Cake because I think that's what you said your name was because I couldn't quite decipher it because you decided to send a voice note in underneath 45 duvets. <laughs> it was a bit like that, wasn't it? Please, people, could you set up the right recording environment? <laughs> could you imagine if I started getting really arsy? Listen, am I going to win any fucking awards if you're coming in and you're like, <laughs> you know, okay? Think about the audio picture, please, now. I tell you what, I can hard relate with the young person that this has happened to because, well, less so now, more in my like late twenties and thirties. Well, I'm still in my thirties. My God, I'm dead before I'm born, really, aren't I? Honestly, as this as this podcast goes on, you think I've aged about forty years, anyway. In my twenties, I had a, an accident where I fell off a six foot stage, and it meant that me, I split me. What's it called? Eyebrow. <laughs> split my eyebrow open, right? And then two years after that, of course, I've got this like very purple line down my eyebrow. So, and often when I do the stage stuff and the theatre, you know, you wear a bit of slap. Now, I'll tell you what, the amount of times people have licked their own thumb to try and wipe off this bit of what they consider to be a bit mascara and having to then deal with their bollocks. I'm just always like, listen, it's completely fine. Don't worry about it. But they're like, they are mortified. They're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realise. And I'm like, it's fine. It looks a bit like mascara. It's fine. So I think you're holding on to guilt here that you shouldn't be holding on to because it's not the first time and not the last time. And you're probably not that memorable to the person. I mean, if you were speaking to this person underneath 45 duvets, they probably couldn't hear you in the first place.
0: Hey, it's Scotty, producer Deb, Kat, Maya, oh, Tim, the crew, everybody. It's Kaz here, first time caller, long time lurker. Um, I have a pigeon story. So after I moved to London, I'm originally from the west of Ireland. And after I moved to London, um, I moved into a house on, off Holloway Road. And myself and my flatmate were... Going for a walk one day and we found a pigeon outside of uh, our local Sainsbury's. And this poor old pigeon was in an awful bad way. Something had happened to it. And it was clear it couldn't move, it couldn't fly or anything. And uh, so we decided we couldn't really leave it there in case a dog or a bunch of kids or somebody just came along and battered the poor pigeon even more than it was already battered. So we went back to the flat and got a tea towel. (laughs) wrapped the pigeon up in the tea towel, googled the nearest vet, which happened to be in Highgate, (laughs) jumped on a bus with the pigeon wrapped up in a tea towel and landed up to this vet in Highgate. And I kind of sheepishly approached him, telling him we had a sick pigeon that we wanted him to have a look at. (laughs) So we went out the back with this pigeon and I took the towel off of and the Fucking feathers went everywhere. But anyway, after all our bleeding heart, dirty age, it's getting on a bus with the pigeon. The vet turned around and said the pigeon was knackered and uh, he killed him anyway. So yeah, that was worth the 165 and the bus up to the posh vets and I get. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, now Kaz... First time caller, long time listener. That one's coming the way to you. I love that you moved to Holloway in London because people who are Irish or anyone from the diaspora who is from London way, you'll know Holloway, very Irish. And Now, I used to be dragged up there as a child every Saturday to go to Marks and Sparks and dragged around my mother and my grandmother and my great aunt looking at blouses and saying, God, that's a good blouse. And then going upstairs to the tea room in Phoenix Trauma, I think they call it. <laughs> I was so fucking bored. I was so bored. Now, I thought this story was going to end in the way that all the other stories that have been bird related have been. So uh, there was a part of joy there for me where I thought there's light at the end of the tunnel. We've got someone who's fairly decent here. Take them all up to the Highgate vet. Now, people who don't know London, Highgate's quite the fancy gaff yeah so fancy that like everybody calls it Highgate, but the woman on the tube says welcome to Highgate. you know they can't say gay god forbid that posh people have to say gay um 165 on the bus that's showing your age my god it's about what 10 an ounce get on the bus the the, the, the thing that i'm holding on to yes look i'm gonna avoid the fact that the vet euthanized the bird the poor wee thing bless it oh r.i.p i'll light a candle I want to know what happened to the tea towel. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, I'm quite good at being able to distance myself from objects and be like, do I need this object in my life? Yeah, because moving from down south up north, I had to, you know, cleanse my life of just shite that you were holding on to. But a tea towel, I find that very difficult. I do find that very <laughs> difficult because it's very rare that you get a good tea towel. And so I wonder if anybody else has got thoughts about details like this. <laughs> Genuinely, I have an emotional attachment to tea towels, and it, it pains me when I have to throw them out because I'm like, "Well, that one's done now." <laughs> but I don't like themed tea towels. You know, like when people get you like a Blackpool tea towel, I'm like, "Oh, no, it's too thin. I want something that which is more reminiscent of a towel." You know. <laughs> I'm going to... Do you know what? I'm going to shut the fuck up now because if this turns into tea towel fucking hour, then that will be my lot.
5: Hello. I'm dropping in to rant about Harry Styles. I agree with you, Scotty, that queerness is a a fluid thing and isn't... I don't think we should be gatekeeping things and, and all of that. However, I think what frustrates me about Harry Styles is that he's so applauded and celebrated for not big things like wearing a skirt, yet he does nothing actively to um, further queer inclusion or trans rights or anything like that. And he doesn't doesn't speak out about things, not that, you know, queer people should have to, but he's got this huge platform and this huge privilege. And also he's celebrated for doing those things where trans feminine people or trans firms of colour are subject to a lot of violence for that. And that just, it just doesn't sit right with me that then you wouldn't use your platform and your privilege to, I don't know, do something more about that. But yeah, we we shouldn't be gatekeeping. But he really
1: annoys me. Hello, friend. Thank you so much for joining the conversation and rejoining the conversation we've had you in before. Now, listen, I am so glad that somebody else is thinking and feeling in these ways and helping me articulate this because I think you have hit the nail on the head. Yes, I don't want to gatekeep. Yes, I don't want to say who is allowed and who isn't allowed because who am I to fucking say, uh, you know, I'm the one at the door first? But this idea that, I mean, he is doing bare minimum, yeah, like he's wearing a boa, you know, and suddenly, uh, excuse me, do not touch Harry Styles, who is actually at the forefront of gender politics and changing our perceptions of masculinity. No, he fucking isn't, actually. I love how, how leading up to this, the weeks leading up to this, I've been really measured. But this week, I'm like, hey, "He's a fucking op-ed and I fucking hate him." <laughs> but it's, it's. I do have an anger, and you know, maybe he is not overtly saying, "Yes, I am this role model of masculinity," but he's not also saying yes I am a, a role model of new queerness you know it's it's not like he's not saying it as well and I think that's what's bugging the shit out of me is the vagueness that he's allowing audiences to think and feel and I guess there could be an argument that some people would be like well he's got this massive audience and you know he's bringing you know gender politics to a much wider thing no he fucking isn't because like you rightly say people have been fucking doing this people from far more marginalized communities and I would say Harry Styles isn't from a marginalised community. Okay? Even even doing the bare minimum of wearing some of the most expensive clothes in the world, in some of the most expensive magazines in the world, I am going to say Harry Styles is doing fuck all. (coughs) honestly leading up to this (laughs) I've been very measured about it but I think the anger is growing within me about how something I hold so dearly a community I hold so dearly uh, life experiences that I've directly had having my head kicked in because of what I look like and what I'm wearing on the street and how I present myself and then your one just twiddles along and like sings a fucking song about watermelons and we're all like actually back off Harry Styles because he is like a queer icon actually and I'm like I'll show you what fucking queer iconic behavior is and it's not that and also you're too fucking pretty for your own good because do you know what I don't trust handsome people if no one's got any sort of like ugliness to them I'm like you haven't lived anyway those are my thoughts what are yours
6: Hello to the ATT crew and everyone in the pub. It's Forgettable Kim here. It's been a while since I've checked in with you. So I wanted to drop you a note to say hello. And I think last time I called you, it was about dating as a fat person. And I'd sort of just started getting on the apps again and figuring things out. And I was a bit nervous. And I'm happy to report that things have been going very well and it's very fun. And if you are fat and you're worried about it, just do it because you're going to have a fucking great time and there's a lot to enjoy out there. Uh, And I guess in terms of other life updates, since February this year, I've sort of been very, very slowly coming out as non-binary, which is very exciting. And uh, it's been really joyful and it's been really well received by so many gorgeous people in my life. But this coming Thursday... I'm telling the last person to know who is my dad um, and I'm a little bit nervous about it. Yeah, just uh, hoping you can wish me some luck for that today. That's that's quite a big task to do, but it does feel like the right time for me. I'm not doing this because I feel like I have to. It just feels like it's the right time for me. But yeah, still a bit nervous about it as well and other exciting life update is that I'm finally looking into a little bit of a career change and in January I'm starting training to be a therapist which I've wanted to do for years and years and years and I can't believe it's actually real Um, so I've got into a school and it's going to be a bit of a slog I think about five years of training but yeah I can't wait I feel really inspired and excited to start something new. I also wanted to add a bit of an embarrassing story for you um. So essentially this story is going back now 10-ish years to when I was like 19. It was New Year's Eve and I was dating this horrible, horrible man at the time and we were at his parents' house and um, I had taken something that made me extremely giggly, so giggly that I pissed myself <laughs> basically just before the strike of 12 and um, my, my boyfriend at the time then spent the literal like old lang syne bit of New Year's mopping up my piss off of his parents' kitchen floor. <laughs> Which, obviously, I completely died of embarrassment at the time. But looking back now, and how that relationship ended, and what a horrible person that person was, I just think, I'm a legend, Like it's probably the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sometimes embarrassing stories turn out to be amazing stories, given enough time and perspective yeah i will love you and leave you and uh, i'll chat to you soon
1: oh forgettable kim i think we've got to give you a new nickname after that anecdote thank you so much for rejoining the room let's start as you started in fact dating i am so glad that that has been in your experience because as we know Many of us fats, when we go out into that dating world, we can have quite troubling experiences and we can come into contact with people who aren't kind or gentle or caring towards us. And so the more that I think we can put stories out there of sort of fat dating success, the better. And so if you are sat there with your fat dating success stories, please do pick up the blower. We'd love to hear from you. Particularly because I guess this was making me think about my early relationship with the NHS one. We're about, well, we're a year and a half down the line now. And, um, I remember holding on to so much because he wasn't somebody who had typically dated fat people. And, you know, he was just approaching me as another person and not like, hey, you're fat and that's why I'm interested in you. This idea that I could be attractive and beyond my fat was something that I found like so bizarre where I was like, no, 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 that is my cultural capital. So this must be the reason why you like me. And you probably maybe, I'll tell you what, through this relationship I will demonstrate to you that you have an attraction to fat people No, <laughs> you know well, actually some people just fancy us because they fancy us and it, that took me quite a long time to adapt to particularly when I'd see him on the street and we'd be like Uh, You know, I I live very open life where I think it's really healthy that when you see people that you fancy, or that you want to talk to somebody that you fancy, or you want to start up something with somebody that you fancy, that you say I find this person attractive. I think that open dialogue is really important. But he would say, of course, he would have that open dialogue with me, and I'd be like, in my head, they're not fat. They're I mean, so why do you? And actually, it just took me a little bit of time to click. Like, no, actually, it's because I'm fucking hot. (laughs) That's why he fancies me, you know. And so I think, of course, we bring into fat dating our fatness because, you know, often it is the capital. Often it is the thing that we want people to understand about us. Often if we're politically fat, it's a really important aspect to us. But sometimes people just fancy us, don't they? Anyway, this coming out to your dad thing, bless ya. We're all behind you, we're all rooting for you. And I really love the fact that you said you don't feel that you need to, it's because you want to. And I think that's always a really important thing when we're coming out about any parts of our self, who we are. um, When we're revealing those parts to ourselves that have always been assumed to be not the thing that we're about to say. You know, that we know that it is our choice because not everybody needs to know everything about our lives. And I'm really glad Uh, that you're warming up to it. So we look forward, perhaps you might drop us a little call and let us know. And do you know what? (laughs) The other thing about therapy is so many people who I've come into contact with or DM us, they sort of tell us like, oh yeah, because of the podcast, I'm going into therapy. (laughs) And I'm like, is it because of the podcast? (laughs) Is it? are, Are we the reason? Is it all of this bird death? That you're fit to go into therapy so well we look forward to hearing about that journey as well and well done for pissing on old Zine. i tell you what in some parts of scotland you'd be paid a lot of money on hogmanade to do that <laughs> A forgettable kim unforgettable kim we hope you rejoin the group very soon with all of those brilliant life updates Hold the phone lines, it's time for a breather, so get yourself a brew, because coming up, we've got a cornucopia of delights, apparently, just for you, dear listener, including a poem. For fuck's sake, Tim, what have I told you about letting fucking poems through? A poem all the way from New Zealand. I don't fucking care it's from New Cross in fucking South London. I don't want any fucking poems. So there's that, and then there's uh, some cats, some dogs, some ferrets, and yes, you guessed it, a pigeon for fucks. Uh, Do you know what, by this, I'm I'm overall... Do you know what, I'm past fucking caring, I'll just read out what it fucking says. And I've got the offer of a made-to-measure cardigan, sexy. It says, fuck off, Debbie, is it sexy? Listen, I'm all for fucking fat people wearing what the fuck they want, but as a fat person, I can tell you what, we don't want to fucking wear cardigans. Do you know why? Because we're quite hot. I'm always fucking hot, okay? So yes to fat activism. No, I want nothing to fucking do with it if it's in a fucking cardigan. This week, over on Patreon, I'm talking to LTL Fran about Crimbo. If you want an extra slice of ATT that includes exclusive content, exclusive calls, and the knowledge that you'll be helping keep the community centre open, then head over to patreon.com forward slash after the tone. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash after the tone. Now, we need your calls, because without you, there is no show <laughs> okay just'm just telling you that very matter of fact um tell us about those moments when, like Kate with their mole story, you wish the world would eat you whole, okay or eat you mole. <laughs> And not because we want to laugh at you, but because, you know, we're keen to know that we're not the only ones that have fallen flat on our faces in life, okay? So tell us when and how you fucked up and how that made you feel and what you learned in life, and share with us like your hard-earned wisdoms. Open up the WhatsApp, send me your voice note to this number. 0788 3420 Listen, it's free, it doesn't hurt, and you'll be joining, to my mind, one of the best communities going. Right, let's get back to the action. Are you Scotty Babs? Are you Producer Deb? Tom, Cat, Maya, Rudolph, Dancer, Blitz and Comet, all the rest of the ones. Well... I know I normally come back for the big finales, as you say, but I thought I'd just check in on you. How are you doing? You all right? So um, I'm going through a phase of knitting. Yes, I've got all my chunky wools and my needles. I'm doing a blanket. I've got about 51 squares left to go. And then I'll have some lovely autumnal colours going in there. So um, if I'm going to do you a knitting project, what do you want Babs Do you want a cardigan you want an hat? What colors do you want? What color are you Are you a winter or are you a summer? Now I know you're dark and you've got that lovely ginger beard so um, I don't know give me some ideas Babs what do you want? What do you want for Christmas? Lovely Pauline, it's lovely to have you back. Now, something I must pull you up on, because this has been happening quite a lot over this season. It's Tim, not Tom. I don't know where Tom's been coming from, everybody. Never never, never introduce a Tom here. It's Tim, okay? Tim, producer Tim. No, producer Tom. Lovely. A knitting phase. My God. (laughs) It's exciting in your part of the country, isn't it, Pauline? Now, listen, uh, there's something... I've got a gripe. With autumn and autumnal colours. Okay, so my reason why I've got this gripe is we are currently living here in the global north. Uh, we're living in some dark times. <laughs> I don't mean politically. I mean, you wake up dark and you go to bed dark. And for some strange reason, as soon as September hits, everybody thinks that they've got to wear grey and brown. Now, nah, This surely is the season we should all be wearing yellow and other bright colours, Okay, We should be wearing, like, blues and reds and, like, greens. Like, really, like, bold colours. Because I tell you what, you're getting no fucking joy from elsewhere. So, I don't know why we've got this mental attachment. Yes, I know it's to do with the colour of the fucking leaves and pumpkin spice and all that fucking malarkey. But I don't know why we go all heavy on, like, oh, I'm going to get my brown hoodie out, Okay, Because... Oh, it's October. No, I think during this time, we should be like trying to give ourselves as much endorphins as possible. Trying to find serotonin from any colour that will give it to us. Do you know what I mean? What I'd like from you, Pauline, is a willy warmer. No, steady. Debbie, don't look at me like that, please. Now, what I mean by that is the thing that you put up against the door steady to keep out the draft because i tell you what putting on the fucking central eating well it costs you about 10 pop a go does not it if you want to heat up the house so i think a good way is draft excluding so if you could do me a willy warmer that'd be gorgeous thanks very much i mean we could start selling them that could be the att merch i tell you what people have all been talking about badges and oh well, let's have a trendy t-shirt and all of that <laughs> as if any of these people are trendy do you know what I mean, Debs? As if they're fucking trendy. What these people want is a cup of tea and a willy warmer. <laughs> and Maybe at the same time.
4: <laughs> Hi, Scotty and the rest of the crew. This is now my third time trying to do this. I've fucked up several times. I'm Brett. I'm from New Zealand. I've written you a wee poem. I hear Scotty giggle as I do the laundry. I listen to Scotty when I'm washing the dishes. When I'm picking up cushions, he sighs about wet chips. I'm cleaning my house while others cleanse themselves of a story. Getting rid of dead pigeons, poo in a pot plant, bitching about Tories. Scotty, your podcast is like a partner in the shower. You scrub my back while I scrub the floors. I feel cared for as I take care of the chores. I hope you enjoyed my little poem. Love you
1: all. <laughs> Ah, Oh, lovely Brit from New Zealand. Now, thank you so much for joining the group. Oh, and what a lovely accent you got on you as well. A lovely turn of phrase. Now, you know how I feel about poems traditionally, but I think I'll let this one slip because it's very complimentary to me. And uh, I'll take all of the glory for this podcast, actually. Thank you. Well, it's about time, actually. Do you know what I mean? Everybody else, fuck it. Oh, hello. Hello, Scotty. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Maya. Hi, everybody else. No, just fucking hello me, okay? For a change. (laughs) So I'm glad to be recognised within your poem. So we'll let this one for now, Tim. Okay, fine. But you do it again, I'll start calling you Tom. Now I <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to pick up on this, but when you said like a partner in a shower, I thought we've got very different experiences of having a shower <laughs> with our partners. Thought <laughs> cleaning. Whilst I'm in the show, I think you're doing it wrong, Brit. But maybe you're doing it right. Maybe I'm missing out on something. Maybe you want to let me know. You must have a very clean gaff. Do you know what I mean? You must have a very tidy home. I like to prize myself on having a neat home and a tidy home. But sometimes, oh, I'll tell you what, I can't be fucked. Do you know what I mean? And I get on the, in the Instagram reels, you know, that thing, which has sort of become like new telly now, isn't it? Where you sort of just watch that all the time. So I've become, well, the algorithm has decided to show me these people that clean their house professionally for a living. They just keep on cleaning their house. And the amount of fucking products that they are putting into the water system. Oh, it's shocking. I mean, there's like 12 products just to like clean the sink before going to bed. I think one of them's called Mrs. Hinch or something like that. Oh, go fuck yourself. Do you know what? Get a fucking life. Have a bit of a fucking life. Do you know what I mean? Leave the pants on the floor because I'll tell you what, no one's, that's not going to make you happier. Anyway, Brit, this is by the by. (laughs) I'm sure you've got a lovely house. And uh, thank you very much for your poem. I hope you join in again soon. It's lovely to have a, a call from the Antipodes.
4: Hello, Scotty. I wanted to just respond to your calling of cats by food names. I thoroughly endorse this. And when you finally get potato and lasagna, they're welcome to the club because onion is already there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, hello. Um, Thank you so much. Do you know what? How lovely have this been? So on the internet, because I'm also on the internet, at fat. I did post a picture of two kittens that me and the NHS one picked up. Well, that we reserved, because apparently that's what you do with cats. You reserve the cats. You don't just like take them home on the weekend. Now, I got many a message from you all saying, oh my God, potato lasagna. Oh my God, potato lasagna, potato lasagna. Aren't they beautiful? Aren't they gorgeous? Now, what happened is, callers. I don't want to disappoint people on the name of the cats, but we have decided to change their names, okay? Now, the reason to do this is because we wanted to be culturally sensitive to the children. Yes, they are my fucking children, okay? I have turned into cat mum already, believe me. I spent half an hour in a department store yesterday trying to choose a throw for the babies, okay? Nobody look at me like that because I. Th- this is going to be my new gender, okay? The children are from Japan. Okay. And they are a breed of oriental short hair. And we thought it would be culturally insensitive to name them potato and lasagna. So we've decided to call them yaki and sashi after yakitori and sashimi because we think that would be more appropriate to their cultural heritage. Okay, so I'm really sorry to let people down because I know people were very fond of the name potato and lasagnas. But yes, yaki and sashi, yakitori and sashimi, full names. But we have decided that uh, yakitori will be yakitori, potato and sashimi will be sashimi, lasagna. So, you know, their communion names at least um, will be um, the God-given name that we thought they would have. Thank you so much. Many thanks. No more questions at this time.
7: Hello everybody, hi Scotty, how are you doing? It's Karis from Salford and I'm currently walking home so I thought I'd leave a voice note so I'll sort of keep myself company and hopefully entertain you all with another bird story because I can't break the streak. Ah, here we go. Okay, so a long time ago I was 18 and I'd just come back from Australia and I was jet-lagged to hell and all my family was out. So at the time We are a big animal lover as a family and we had some dogs and some cats and some ferrets and stuff and we had two cats in particular, Alice and Harry, which were semi-feral that we'd had from kittenhood and Alice was the cat that made me love cats. I am a dog person, I always will be, I always was, but Alice was my, my special little friend, she was amazing. So Alice and Harry, very different cats in personality. Harry couldn't catch anything except maybe a dead leaf. Alice was the reason we'd occasionally step on a mouse when trying to go to the fridge to make our morning brews. Many a soggy sock were found that way. But Alice was my cat. And to show me how much she'd missed the fact I'd been away for three weeks, she brought me a present. So don't know the timings of how she did this. All I know is I woke up from trying to recover from jet lag to hear this noise and alice chirruping away happy as larry so i lean over the side of my bed to see what all the fuss is about luckily i leant over the far side from all the activity otherwise i would have got a face full of half-dead pigeon that was the same size as my cat <laughs> His cat was not very big but she had dragged through the kitchen the living room up the stairs Across the landing and into my bedroom Under my bed This pigeon which was still half alive And really really letting me know it was still alive And it was flying around Making absolute mess Doing the cartoon thing of knocking over ornaments And I was screaming So I went and got the only two weapons I thought would help me in this situation I got my sister's dressing gown Because I was not getting mine dirty And a, a laundry basket thing So I just... Half crying because I didn't know what was going on, and half shrieking whenever this bird would fly at my face. I just tried to corral it. I think I did manage to throw the dressing gown on it at one point. It got wedged behind the stairs in the wall, so I had to get like a gardening bamboo cane thing to like nudge it out. And eventually, I just got it into the, the back dining room and I just went back to bed. And I came back about an hour or two later, saw a pigeon sat on the fence the house was silent. And then I just saw the pigeon sort of fall into next door's garden. I don't know what happened after that, but I'm just really glad it was not my problem because that was quite a traumatic experience. So
1: that's my bed story. Enjoy. Carys from Salford. I... Oh God, do you know what? At this point, I'm the only person that hasn't come into contact with birds in this way because it seems like we've opened up some ba bird amnesty where you can all just say finally you've like gone oh finally there's a space for me to reveal this part of myself that i've been holding on to i can't i i have i been like living away from birds anyway by the by now my mum, called me up. My mum called me up after last week's episode and she said, maybe it's global warming. <laughs> I thought, no, mum, I think it's that these people are fucking touched. now." Nah. Me and you too. I was always a dog person. I've always been a dog person. I was a dog person up until two minutes walking into that sanctuary. And we were walking around the cat sanctuary. And I said to the NHS one, well, they're your cats. So you've got to choose. And they opened up on these two little oriental shorthairs. And Yakitori and sashimi came. They run up to me and started climbing up on me. And I thought, that's it. That's my... P- this is my moment. I can't sing other people's songs. <laughs> I thought, This is my moment. Actually, this is where I transition from dog to cat mum and uh I'm, I'm really glad for it do you know what it sounds like your cats were quite common actually and i don't yeah you know what they sound like they were a bit rough actually and they grew up in the rough part of town my children they're going to be exemplary my children come back and they're going to be picking me daffodils no they won't do that because that's poisonous to cats uh they'll well they'll be picking up some form of flowers and they'll be arranging those for mummy downstairs when she wakes up and they'll be exemplary they won't be doing this present giving of dead birds very common no not for my children oh my god am i gonna uh, if imagine if over the next few weeks once i've got the kittens i'm gonna end up being like one of these i'm sorry i've got four dead birth stories this week oh my god let's wrap this up here And that's your lot. Today, we've really worked our way around that zoo. We've had birds, plural, dogs, cats, ferrets, and Harry Styles. (laughs) Harry Styles doing the bare minimum. What do you think about that? We've spoken about Pauline's willy, social faux pas, pissing on the floor at the strike of 12, coming out to your parents, and there was that lovely poem from far away. So if any of that has stirred an emotion, remember, you're invited to the party too, so drop us a little line. That number is in the description box. That call the other week from Venice, I would love a few more of those. Record the sound from where you're from. Any of those beautiful, interesting sounds. Let us travel with you. I'd love to hear what it sounds like near you. At After The Tone POD on the social medias, please. Hit the share button. Go on, don't be nasty. And we'll be back before you know it with more of this from me, Deb, Tim and Maya. So until then, see you next time, babes. Time
3: after the
6: tone. Leave after, the
1: after the tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Banno, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie Production.
2: Hold up.